0: Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great platform great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic. intercollegiate level each interview each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned how they were transformed and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation these stories will warm your heart and astound you all together submitted for your approval now it is blood time This is Coach Cimarroni for Cimarroni Couture. We have a Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's special that we'd love to present to you guys. Buy one suit at $10.95 or higher and get one at 50% off now until January 2nd. Or buy one entry-level suit at $7.95 and get a shirt for free. Check us out at Cimarroni Couture. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216 28715222162871522 This is Blood Time and I want to thank the fabulous Ryan Peters who led and leads with love our guest from the last episode award-winning athletic director and dear friend of mine a terrific interview and uh, I really am honored that he was one of our guests so far. Leading with love um, was one of his lessons and, and pretty much the lesson. Today I'm here with a former and current hero of mine. Uh, he was one of the great wrestlers at Beechwood High School when I was a young man wrestling there. And one word comes to mind when I think of this this man it's tenacity and a single-mindedness that he would not be denied. We have today attorney Alan Krauss, captain of the 1973 Beachwood Bison wrestling team and uh, longtime friend. Alan, welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Peter. You, you, you give me a lot of honor that I don't know how deserving I am. Uh, well,
0: you know, let me tell you. Let me, let me <laughs> stop you there. But remember, this is from the eyes of a ninth grader. Watching an eleventh grader beat the snot out of a lot of guys, okay, and I wanted to be you. I wanted to be Mark Haywald. I wanted to be Doug Weiss, right? Okay, and those were all your contemporaries, and you stood you stood toe to toe with those guys.
1: Well, thanks. And those were those were all good good memories, and uh, and they were both great, uh, very good wrestlers, and so yes. I'm, I, I you put me in some really good company with uh, Ryan, and I know some of the other people you've had. Uh, that you've interviewed, and uh, I feel very, very honored to be among this group. But well, we're honored to have you. And, Alan,
0: um, you know, obviously we talk about blood time, and we've, we discussed it over the last episodes of what blood time means. And blood time is, is really the lessons learned, the foundational pieces that were learned, uh, whatever room, court, field that you were on. And I know that, obviously, you were in the wrestling room at Beachwood. And you had the Hall of Fame coach that I did, Dominic I. Marino, Coach I. And you learned lessons there. But you had something that most people don't ever face. You faced your mortality. And um, you came through that. And I remember that you came into our room in 2014 when I took over the Beach wrestling team for the second time. And you transfixed us with that story about how you survived a uh, facing death um and and you you have taken that and and in, built an incredible life since then and so i'm going to turn it over to you and i'm going to let you just elegantly <laughs> and loquaciously talk about your life and what wrestling meant to you
1: well i, I think one of the, the the first things you, you know as a wrestler, and especially since we have this common bond and background, is that if you've been through the process and uh, an old friend who you wrestled with uh, calls you up and said, Will you uh, do a favor for me? Right. Uh, it's like being in the core. You know, you uh, <coughs> will certainly uh, do it uh, f- for them, for, right. those, for that basis alone. Right. So when I came and spoke to the team in 2014, I think I told you then, and I think I told the wrestlers. My story, um, I, I, it's not a story that I, I particularly share with everyone I meet because, quite frankly, it is a very old story to me. Of course, I know it is a new story to the people hearing it, but I, it, and it's not that it bothers me to talk about what I, I've been through. It, I've, I've dealt with that many, many years ago. Of course, uh, and uh, but I don't. Wanted to find myself by one event in my life. I'm a very fortunate person, and I've had, um, you know, great success in my children and sure. in my family, and in my career. Um, and uh, I think that if we go circ- full circle on this, that certainly wrestling uh, was a uh, the foundation that really led to a lot of. Uh, what I consider to be my success in life, the incident you're referring to, merely gave me perspective. I love that in life. I love that. So, um, so you start out with a foundation, and. You know, I, I raised three boys, and none of them wrestled. I mean, yeah, well, go figure. Welcome to the club. I got
0: two, and they didn't even sniff a at. So. <laughs> go figure. Then. My girl was the jock. Who figured? Go figure, well, right? Yeah. My kids
1: were athletic, <clears throat> but I always felt that wrestling was a sport that had to call you. Uh, well if you, said. If you, if you didn't have the calling, uh, then it wasn't something that you're going to stay with. And that doesn't... That's not being critical of people who don't want to wrestle. Um, it's just a very, very special sport that makes demands on you and pushes you beyond uh, limits you ever thought you had. So um, it, I think it's unique in that way. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Alan. So I, I, you know, I told you before we went on the air that sometimes I will digress. So right. I, I remember my, uh, my middle son Uh, uh, Had he had heard that I had wrestled and heard various stories, but quite frankly, after uh, I was in a plane crash when I was 20 years old, Mm -hmm. so after I was in a plane crash, uh, I really had nothing to do with wrestling uh, for a long time. And it was for a variety of reasons. Um, but I didn't. First of all, physically, I, I couldn't wrestle anymore. Okay. But more than that, it it uh, it was that was difficult was to walk into a wrestling room, because uh, when I was in this plane crash, at the age of twenty, yes. um So there were three of us in this plane, and uh, the two other people, young men who were in the plane, were was my, my former roommate and a very good friend of mine, and uh, my. Friend was flying the airplane that morning, and uh, we had a crash. Okay. And uh, both my friends were were killed on impact. and yes, tragedy. It, it was hor- horrific. And mm-hmm. you know, listen. You know, many many years after an incident, you know, we we think nostalgically or not to be nostalgic about a plane crash. But but right. uh, so when I say these were exceptional young men, it's easy to say at this point. But they were. Uh, they were. Really, very talented, very bright guys, and I loved flying, and my other friend loved flying, and sure. you know, I, I just loved, you know, getting up, and didn't take much of an excuse to go somewhere. Sure. So, <coughs> th- they were exceptional young men, and uh, so I, uh, I broke my back, okay, uh, in this accident, and it was a uh, a lower spinal cord injury, mm-hmm. so. Uh, after the accident, it probably took a good four years before I was uh, uh, pretty much independent of a wheelchair. Okay. And as you know, I walk with uh, a brace on my leg and I use crutches. Yes. But uh, I, I certainly consider myself very, very, very lucky that that that's. Um, well, what you always I'm had at. that upper
0: body strength, and you <laughs> had those great those great hips that I remember in, in wrestling. And I remember you at the Scheinbart pool. Dunking people, <laughs> jump jumping in from your wheelchair and still dunking people because you had that upper body strength. So I'm thinking this guy's going to do okay. <laughs> and you're probably about 22 at the time. So, well, yeah. well I certainly remember being at the Steinbart pool. Absolutely, that was, a, that was a good place to that be. That was a very good place <laughs> for the twins. Indeed, indeed. As we digress, right? But it's a good memory from the 70s. It, it was a good memory.
1: Before I was in this accident, I was still working out. Although I was not wrestling on a collegiate level, I was actually working out at local high schools, and I was in pretty good shape. Sure. And um, so, and I have told this to some people. Mm-hmm. So, w- when the the crash took place, it really, I think, uh, my my I survived. I believe because I was in great shape. Right. And ironically I had these very thick, strong legs. Yes you did. Which which I how many short guys threw the legs?
0: Exactly, <laughs> and, but you also had a, an explosive
1: single, if I, I remember that. correctly. Good single, yes. good double. So I was able to brace before impact, and but you know, so much has happened to of me, course, Peter. Of course, and really, I—I I, I don't know why I remember that I, though. It's so I don't wild, know either. But, but but
0: I remember him just like literally but, being folded in half because you were just perfectly in line with his <laughs> belly button. <laughs> you just
1: you just destroyed him. Well, I, I was physical as uh, you were. as a young man, and I think. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I've had people uh, years later uh-huh. uh, ask me questions like that. Do you remember when you did this, this guy, or you did right. this in this wrestling match? Right. And it's not like I have such a bad memory, but I have to tell you that it, I, I will talk more generally about wrestling and coaching and, and what it's meant to me. But on a uh, on that type of um, detailed level, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't mean as much to me. I got it. Uh, at one time I was uh, interviewing, this was many years ago, after I'd become a lawyer, and I was interviewing a uh, young lady about a case, and she, in the middle of the interview, she looks at me, and she says, what's your last name? Right. And I said, it's, it's Kraus." Uh-huh. Did you wrestle? <laughs> I said, "Well, yes, I did." I of said, course. with kind of pride. And of course. she says, "She said, you know, I'm from Richmond Heights." <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. the listeners won't know that Beechwood and Richmond Heights at that time had sure. a big wrestling rivalry. Yeah. They had a great coach, Coach yeah. Paporus. Yes. A, a wonderful, wonderful guy. coach. And wonderful. Guy. And, and, you know, so you mentioned Doug Weiss. So uh-huh. you know, Doug Weiss and I. Um, when we were in eighth grade because Beechwood was seventh through twelfth grade. Right. Uh, so as eighth graders uh, we were starting on uh, the junior varsity team. Okay. And my recollection is that Coach I, Coach I Marino, mm-hmm. had to um, forfeit every one of our matches because we were too young. Of course. Uh, to do that. But so I knew Coach Paporis from mm-hmm. like from eighth grade on. Sure. He knew me. Meanwhile, so this gal, you know, she says, oh, you're... By the way, that yeah.
0: question is a Cleveland question. Because <laughs> you don't get that down in Columbus back in the day, and you surely don't get that in Cincinnati or any other cities. But it's a Cleveland question. Did you wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's one degree of separation That's with wrestling.
1: Right, right, wrestling. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. Cleveland. Absolutely. So uh, this gal says, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Kraus, So sure. yeah, You wrestled for Beachwood. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I yep. did. She says, Oh, yeah, we hated you. <laughs> <laughs> you used to <laughs> smile at the crowd when you were pinning guys. <laughs> so she remembered this. Absolutely. So, I, I, yeah. in my senior year, I wrestled this guy, and, and if I think about it, I remember his. locally. Like, Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, he was the quarterback who just came out for one year. I remember yes, that he yeah. was. He the, thought he was the hot shot. He yeah. was. He was the captain, and he right. was okay. the the hero of the team. Right. And uh, yeah, Wokley. Yeah, listen, I'm sure he was a very nice guy. Uh-huh. I apparently was not. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't no. <laughs> you know. I. I Sure, I wasn't. But uh, (laughs) uh, it was my senior year, Uh and we were at Richmond Heights. I remember that the place was packed. Yeah, always was. was. Those days were, you know. Always was. Sold out, you know. And uh, so he was really the fair-haired boy. Yes. And uh, and I I did do a thing (coughs) where uh, I would, uh, and I, I specifically did it with this particular guy, where I smiled at him and uh, when i did that you know he got he lost his cool sure so it was all tactic just to really get him upset because once you lose your cool yep. as we were coached then you lose your match so i you know and i did other things that i'm not really proud of in that match in terms of i just should have pinned him and and been classy but i wasn't and so meanwhile so right after uh, they raised my hand i went over to shake coach before hand because i I knew him for a long time. And, and I look over, and they're restraining him from coming after me. Oh, my gosh. He, he oh, wanted, my gosh. Yeah, I yeah. remember this. Well, and he wanted yeah. to kill me. Yeah. And I didn't, so I was like 18 years old. I didn't I, I didn't understand. Right, right. I wasn't 18 yet, yeah, 17. I didn't understand why he was so upset because I was so stupid and young. Right. But uh, but I got it later. Sure. So so we talk about, we're talking about wrestling and coaching Mm -hmm. and so what it means so you know we were both you and I were fortunate to have someone like Coach I and I've talked about this in public because he just had a uh, uh, an ability to handle difficult people yes (laughs) he (laughs) did and of course you know I was wrestling Jim Dotson, Eric Mart, indeed (laughs) (laughs) well you know we were all kind of and you know it was the time though it
0: was the time, right? I mean, didn't we all? We we're just starting to feel our humanity, right? We just we had come out of the summer of '69, right? Absolutely. The summer of love.
1: Yeah, uh, we were we were children of that, right? You
0: know? So no, I think, and you, we were just feeling our. We were just feeling
1: what 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 could be possible. I think you put your finger on it. Sure. I, I don't think that uh, um, people appreciate that you know that children of the late 60s and 70s. The turmoil you know, the we turmoil were that raised that with. The turmoil in culture yes, and yes. what was going on. And yet here we were in a, a, a discipline, uh-huh. a sport, that required the, th- a tremendous amount of discipline and commitment. Yes. Yes. And to be a coach, uh, trying to control the energies of teenage boys under in that atmosphere, was difficult. And you know, the
0: thing about this, uh, I'll interrupt you again, is that the class of 73 had some great intellects. Oh, yeah. We Alan did. Brown, right? I mean, <laughs> that whole, your t- well, that whole, t- well, you know, again, remember, I'm a sophomore, right? Yeah, when yeah, you're, yeah. When you're a senior. Yeah. So, um Alan, you had Jim Dotson, who literally was doing, I don't know, crazy, like, and, and yoga and <laughs> before everybody knew what the heck that was. And we were coming out of the Bruce Lee era, yeah. you know, where you're certainly getting in touch and saying, be like water. What does be like water mean? You know, so all this philosophy was coming through and also coming out of the 60s where we saw tanks on 110th and woodland. That's true. The armed guards, the, uh, the, the, the National Guard had just killed some of our brethren at Kent State right. two years prior. Great, so great
1: know. social unrest. Indeed. And so to, 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 to try to be a hard-nosed, you know, disciplined coach. wrestler, r- r- right, uh-huh. but to be a hard, I was going to say to be a hard-nosed coach and try to control uh-huh, co- uh-huh. a group uh-huh. of wrestlers at a place like Beachwood who right. were aware of all this stuff, maybe at other schools they were also, Right, uh, would have been a challenge. So here's my obs- one of my observations, having raised three kids, all who were involved in athletics and were exposed to all kinds of coaches. Sure. And, um, and having to talk to them about various coaches. And just from what we read uh, in, in the newspaper uh-huh. <laughs> or on the Internet all well, the time, course, yeah. the good and the bad coaches can do. Sure. Unfortunately, a lot of times we read more about the bad. In recent well, history, that's, uh,
0: that sells and clicks and all, you know, right. whatever, whatever uh, but, media we're talking. But I think about. the
1: takeaway is mm-hmm. that coaches have a tremendous uh, influence upon young minds, no doubt, because they they they're telling us how to do things, uh, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're instructing us, and they they really. Uh, are very influential, Absolutely. and it could be a terrible experience for some kids, or it can be a great experience. Yep. I think I can talk to people who went to beach, but was for the most part, a great experience. It was. took t- so t- You know what? And we t- we talked
0: about over the last episodes is about that coaches are a third party endorser of the foundational pieces that the parents are bringing to the child.
1: Uh, that's a, I, and that's a good way of putting it. And <laughs> sometimes
0: they're the only voice, so so they have this incredible responsibility, okay, and power that they're the third party endorser or they're the only voice. And so when you have both of that, you better pay attention to what you're doing because you're you're molding young lives.
1: Sure. You know? Spoken so. like a coach who's really given us some thought. <laughs> so you've done I don't so.
0: take it I don't take it lightly. You, you I do or capriciously at all. You can't.
1: But I think um uh, someone like uh uh Dominic Imerino yes a lot of it was intuitive absolutely you know he he was just intuitive uh, on a lot of this stuff and he was just a natural leader he, he well yeah. he was a natural leader and he could take a guy like Alan Krause who you know what's the deal with this guy and you know <laughs> and 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 keep him reined in yet and mm-hmm. encourage him and inspire him sure to work hard and to understand at a time of cultural upheaval that discipline and hard work is what's going to get you to a goal Mm -hmm. so we talk about coaching and what it can do what it can't do and and how it can harm Uh, i know you understand this uh, having coached all these years but i (coughs) uh, i i had to talk about this with my kids because sometimes they didn't have the best coaches. Sometimes they had some exceptional coaches. Right. And I said, you know, first of all, fortunately, I, I'd like to think that in, in our house, you you get a lot of instruction from your parents. So if you right. are exposed to a coach is not so good... You can talk to us and we can say, hey, don't worry about it so much, you know, because okay. you're going to have good coaches and bad coaches in life. You're gonna just to have good, like bosses beings, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. good you know, But if you get a good coach in a sport like wrestling, it really can set you up for some great success. Mm-hmm. So so I was in this, this plane crash. And uh, so here I was. I still was defining myself to a great extent, though I always... Was a reader, and I and I like to believe I was a thinker, but I was still a kid. Right. Um, but I defined myself physically. You know, I was a wrestler. I you sure. know I I could work hard and I could do these things. Uh-huh. <coughs> but you know, so but when you wake up and you're you know like you're you know, in a wheelchair. Yes. You got to cons- you got to think about okay, so where does that leave me? Right. And how do I define myself going forward? Uh-huh. And <coughs> how do I recover uh, from this uh, trauma right. and the lessons I learned from Coach I and some other coaches um, uh, got. I think got me through a, a great deal of the hard stuff um, and it had to be a tremendous amount of hard stuff. Well, it was uh, hard. Mm-hmm. I don't. You're just redefining yourself as a human. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't tell you that it was, you know I was the next day okay we're just yeah, gonna right, right, get up yeah, and, yeah. and beat this thing. Yeah. But I had the you know I had great parents. I had uh, brothers sure. and they were all on my side, but right. I also had this this basic training, as I started wrestling when I was about ten. Wow. Ten when Doug and I wrestled the Heights YMCA right. and right, uh, right, some right. O- and Eric and some of us mm-hmm. who did this, but uh, I uh, uh, I was able to use those those life lessons and mm-hmm. and really um, trying to recover mm-hmm. uh, physically and, and, and emotionally mm-hmm. from from this trauma, right and um, And and it really was instrumental. Sure, and I, I'm not saying that you have to be a wrestler to recover from having your back broken. No, there's lots of people who recover from these injuries, but I think, I think you need a certain type of uh, foundation uh, when it comes to working through. Like the thing about wrestling is that, (coughs) and also. Recovering from what I had to do uh-huh. was doing something beyond what you thought you could do physically. Right. right. So even now, you uh-huh. know, when I work out, yeah. you now I got some young guy who who I pay to beat me up in a gym. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, I say to people, if I were a little bit more disciplined, I wouldn't need some pay somebody <laughs> to beat me up. And it's a little. It's actually a little creepy because <laughs> you, know, you know there are people who pay to get beat up. Yeah, but it's it's, funny, but yeah, it's, it's not funny. like that at all. Exactly. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get But uh, uh, so you know, my trainer will say, uh, "Do you think you can just fill in the blank?" Right. Right. I said. Listen, any time you ask me the question, mm-hmm. do I think I can do something? The answer will always be the same. The answer is yes. Exactly. No, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> right. but, but I'm going to go for it. If yeah. you ask me, do you think you can do this? Right. Yes. Yes. It, uh, I, I may fail, <laughs> but I believe right. I can I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm here. I'm here, right? I'm here. I'm here. Well,
0: that's a bu- that's a beautiful that's a beautiful sentence. That's a beautiful sentence and uh you know, it's amazing because what uh, I, I have garnered from uh, knowing you over all these years uh, and seeing you transform your life is, and, and we talked about tenacity, but it's also about that self-love, that self-belief that I think probably gravitated you to the sport of wrestling. So maybe you were just born to be a wrestler.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I don't it know. C- it could be. I mean, I was physical. Uh-huh. Uh, and when I played football, I, uh-huh. I have to admit, I liked being a linebacker. I know you did. I liked <laughs> tackling people. Right. But what I liked, I think what also appealed to me about wrestling, uh-huh. and it ties into what I do today, uh-huh. is I I appreciated um, the strategic part of wrestling. Sure. I'd like the... Uh, the intellectual part. I'd like the intellectual yeah, part. Yeah, I love that, too. I'd like the... The angles, the, the the strategy. Setups. Yes, the setups. I always, always, I always love takedowns. Exactly.
0: And, you know, it's interesting what you're talking yeah. about, the mind games, because I was a 152-pound center, so I had to play mind games against the guys who were over me. But I, I learned it from you and from Haywald. And Haywald used to do a thing where he would look like he would line up when the guy was down and he was on top. He would look like he'd line up for the, to the left and go to the right. So he would always play that mind game. And he was a state champ, but it was interesting because I thought to myself, this is intellectual. This is a chess match as well as this brutal ballet, if you will. Right?
1: Well, Hand-to-hand combat. It, it, absolutely. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, the guy um, who really opened my eyes... To that part, you talk about Mark. Is when uh, Rick Saunders, oh my the gosh. Uh, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate the silver, silver medalist, seventy-two Olympics, seventy-two yep. Olympics. But he was yeah. also a uh, s- silver, a world champion. Yes, he was. Prior to that, he was a world champion. He might have been silver. I mean, Rick Saunders was, a, you know, a, um, an incredible wrestler, yeah. and he was a character too. Yeah, and uh, and so. When he spent a year with Mark, right. um, I had the opportunity because Mark and I beat the crap out of each other all the time. But then we also would go to other high schools yeah. with Rick, right. and you know, having this, this you know, at that time he hadn't been in the Olympics yet. Yes, yeah, exactly. He was getting ready for the Olympics, but right. he was a real character, and some of the old coaches weren't fond of him because he was you know kind of a hippieish guy, sure. but the truth of the matter is you know he would try to Rick would portray the, or put out this image that he didn't take it seriously and all right. this sorts stuff. So. But right. then Mark would tell me that he would get up earlier in the morning, and ride and, and go run for six miles or five miles. Right. So he did the the work and he came from that disciplined background. But when I was working with Saunders and I think he did the same thing with Mark, he he showed me how you really could be so strategic in this sport and I and I really appreciated it so so here I am a lawyer yes. and, and I'm a you know I'm kind of a dinosaur because I'm, I'm a general litigator okay. so I go to court and yeah. I try cases I try to settle cases I do all kinds of different things but um, just like with wrestling right uh, trial work uh, it's all about preparation, of course. It's all about doing the work before you're in trial, mm-hmm. just like you do it in the, the you do all your training in the training room. That's in your practice room, and and then it's strategic. It's strategic. Strategy. It's yeah. all strategy. Yes, you know. Right. It's and it's also wanting to compete. And, and it's and confidence too. It's wanting because to compete. <laughs> exactly because you're because you're prepared
0: and you're ready to compete with the strategy. And, and then after that, just
1: uh-huh. like with wrestling, uh-huh. if you. It, it, listen, I, and I used to tell this to my kids. They just probably thought it was, you know, they're dancing, dance stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, if you if you prepared mm-hmm. and you and you give it your best effort and it doesn't work out your way, yeah, what are you going to do? Exactly. Maybe you weren't supposed to win that exactly day. Right. Maybe that guy's a better fill-in-the-blank than you. Right. And and, and that's okay. Yeah. And, yep. and you'll learn. And, and that's the other lesson that I learned from wrestling. You lose, you lose. You lose Deal league. with it, buddy. Very honest
0: sport. It's the honest. It's the most honest sport. There's nowhere to hide. So, so these you know. are great
1: mm-hmm. for me, because mm-hmm. I can only talk about for me. But I think other people share the experience. So for me, it's it's you know understanding that there are things that are beyond your control, and you're going to meet some people who are better than you uh, in terms of their skills, yes. or maybe they're in the the legal arena, maybe the facts are such that you're not supposed to win, but you're always supposed to give it your best, and you're supposed to prepare. That, that's, that's what
0: that's, you got to do. You know, and Alan, I'll tell you, I, I tell the guys that if your best is to be a 500 wrestler, you're my hero. And if your best is to be third in the state, and you take 4th we got to talk.
1: We got to talk. Well, I think you put your finger on something you you know, know it what t- I mean? when it comes... To coaching, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I, I when I think back on my my lessons and mm-hmm. and what I was exposed to, one thing that I I knew but appreciated greater uh, to a greater extent when I got older is the coach who who you know treats all his athletes absolutely the same absolutely you know so you could be the stud of the team yep but you're not going to be treated any differently than the guy whose best effort is a 500 wrestler. Right. That's the only way you can do it Absolutely. to be a be a good coach. Absolutely. If you don't do that, I think by definition you're a bad coach. You're a bad coach. And I also think that's what I Marino did. Absolutely. I think that he, he didn't Listen, we all knew who good wrestlers were. You yeah. know, we all knew Mark Haywald was a great wrestler. Right. But I don't think I Marino said, "Oh, you're a great wrestler, so you don't have to do 30 laps." No, quite the opposite. It wasn't going to happen. No, quite the opposite. So, yeah. um, yeah. And he taught me that. I always just tell you that this this also sticks in my head in, in more recent history. So, more right. recent history for an older guy. It's like 20 years ago. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, my gosh. Right. I was yeah. sitting in the... Like st- the 90s. It's <laughs> like recent history,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I, what? what happened?
1: Yeah. I was, in, I was uh-huh. sitting in, this, in a, one of the many gyms I sat in, uh-huh. and this is when my son Alex was, was wrestling. Right. And uh, so I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm talking to uh, some father there's watching his kid. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Nice guy, I said. Oh, I said, uh, did you wrestle? Yeah. Uh, he said, Yeah, but I wasn't very good. Okay. That's what he said. He's like dismissing. I wasn't okay. very good. Right. I said, well, Let me ask you a question. Right. Because I wrestled. Yeah. I said, uh, Did you ever miss practice? Yes. Oh no, there I didn't miss go. practice. Yeah. You didn't miss practice. Right. I said, Did you did you work hard at practice? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I worked hard. Right. And when you went into a match, did you work as hard as you could? Well, you know I did. I said, dude, you're in the club. Exactly. Without question. Because you're part of the court. You're, yeah. you're right. in the club. Right. Because that's that's all you take away. Yes. You know, that's yes. all you take away. Yes. I uh, yes. I, I really meant what I said to this guy. I said, you have nothing be ashamed if you weren't a good wrestler and I said anyway I said aren't you aware of the 10 year rule yeah he said what do you mean the 10 year rule yeah I said yeah yeah there's a 10 year rule right he says what I said it's the it's the state champion rule (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 10 years later everyone was a state champion (laughs) or at least second in the state right I can't tell you how many times
0: second in the state no you weren't but that's
1: okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. It's like who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Except exactly. the people who can walk up. I had one other guy. No. I don't remember what this happened. You know, one yeah. other guy. You know, one of these things where guy walks up to me. He goes, "You're a craps, aren't you?" Yeah. I said, "Yeah." He <laughs> said, right? "I else. wrestled you," and he tells me like the date and time. I feel you know, it. like <laughs> like years ago. Yeah. You know, and you beat me by one point. Oh, wow. You know, wow. I did pretty good that thing. Yeah, a, I didn't. I don't know what he's talking about. I know. I said, I'm sure you did great. I know. If I didn't pin you. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I remember
0: vividly this moment in time when Saunders, Jimmy Carr, Mark Haywald, hmm. Doug Weiss, and you were all in the same room going at it. Oh. <laughs> and I said to myself, and I was a ninth grader, and I said to myself, I gotta watch this, because we had two Olympians and you guys, and it was like a bunch of tomcats going at it, man. Yeah. It was, the fur was flying everywhere, and it, it uh, you know, as a young man, uh, it really in- inspired me to to be s- something in the sport if I could be. You know, it was pretty cool.
1: Well, I, you know, I. I I said my kids didn't wrestle, but, of course, my middle son, Alex, did wrestle. Right. And uh, and it, so here's the irony of certain things that happen in your life. So when I was, like, nine, nine and a half, whatever it was when I started this, and the person who would remember is Doug, because if he ever listens to this, he knows he remembers everything. Of course he does. But. Uh, um, Just get him at Starbucks, he'll tell you. He, he does. He's scary. <laughs> yeah. It's scary what he yeah. remembers. But. Um, There was no youth wrestling for us to go to. We lived in Beechwood, so in order to find youth wrestling, we went to the Heights YMCA. That's where we went, because that was the only close-by youth wrestling. So so fast forward many years. I live in Cleveland Heights. I've lived in Cleveland Heights for 34 years or whatever. Love the Heights. So when my son wanted to wrestle, and I had not had anything to do with wrestling really since my accident, so this is many years later. I said, well, let me make some calls, and let me see what's going on. And um, so the first thing I find, you know, this doesn't surprise me, as soon as I start calling wrestlers, it's like I never left the room. Exactly. It's like I never (laughs) left the room. And I find out that there is no YMC Wrestling Mm -hmm. at the Heights, uh, the best youth wrestling that's nearby is Beechwood. Yeah, I exactly. go. I can't I, catch a break here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know? got to go back to Beechwood. Right I got go to go to, to right. So yeah. I, I remember walking into the uh, the gym right. uh, with my my son, and uh, you know, all these guys were there that some we're new and make new friends like ryan and scott Shaders. Oh, sure that you're uh, around and yep. ronnie made out oh, one of the early ones yeah yeah right and again it is so embracing because and i kind of get myself chills i feel you but but i uh i i really i felt like oh my gosh i've been transported it's right. like nothing has changed and coach i and and mm. they l- all love my son right and um uh, and You're back into the family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And right. And he uh and he had quick success and not because he was my kid. Now of course. Now because <laughs> because, you know, he had good coaching yes. at at Beachwood. Um but I remember he was also a very good hockey player. Sure. And he was coming up to ninth grade and uh, uh and he had to make a decision. Yeah. Is he gonna wrestle or is he gonna play hockey? Right. And uh uh, ultimately, uh, he came up to me probably before he started ninth grade, and he said, uh, Dad, I, uh, I've made a decision. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew what his decision was. He said, I'm going to stay with hockey. Right. And then after I beat him up, he still, <laughs> 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 you put him in a front headlock, choked
0: him out, woke him back up, and you say, are you sure?
1: <laughs> well, I think, you know, Yeah. I, I said, honey, yeah. uh, I don't care what right. sports you, you go with. First of, right. of all, you now have experienced right. wrestling. Sure. And, uh, I remember we were going down to Columbus for the Tournament of Champions, you know, I the, the largest yeah. uh, one-day tournament of the country, and uh, with Scott Peters, of course, <laughs> and uh, uh, Alex had to weigh in, and there was some concern. Okay. And uh, so he, you know, he was cutting yeah. some weight. Sure. And uh, you know he, he was doing it, and I remember driving to Columbus, and. I said, how you doing? He says, I'm fine, Dad. I got this. I got this. Okay. And I said, uh, I said, just think, here you are mm-hmm. at this age. And uh, I'm not saying cutting weight, maybe. Is that, and he wasn't cutting a tremendous yeah, amount. I, I mean, it. It was, yeah. he was doing it in a healthy manner. I said, right. but you're having an experience in a discipline that few kids your age are having right, right. now. And you're, With and a fantastic you're, coaching staff. And you're and you're and you're approaching it with this is something I can do yep. and I can be disciplined yep. and uh, <coughs> we we had a <laughs> there was a term that we we used from this book that we read uh, right. it's an old martial arts term. It's called Eating Bitter. Okay, okay, fair enough. And and he he said, yeah, I'm eating bitter. I'm eating bitter. bitter. I said, yeah, you are, buddy. I love it. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, Dad knows that a little bit,
0: right? Dad knows that a little bit. Yeah. Well, Alan, this has been an absolute beautiful moment in time. I really, really am honored and appreciative that you spent this time with us and shared uh, the stories of your life and uh, what coaching meant to you and the sport meant to you.
1: And, uh, and did so so elegantly. Well, thanks. Uh, and and you know I, you know again, Pete Cimarroni calls me. I was like, "Will you do this for oh, me?" Oh, God. Love you. The answer is yes. As you. long as it's legal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. You know, like, yeah, no question. <laughs> the it's the legal. Less, yeah. Because that's what happens with wrestlers. Yes, that's and the deal. I want to thank
0: you again. And uh, you know, I, again, not only does the word tenacity ring uh, true with with this this chat, but also. I just again uh, love uh, you know you just exude uh, a self-love that um, is rare today and it, it's so healthy I mean it's just been a very healthy 40 45 minutes that I've spent <laughs> with you and I really really appreciate that so thank you very much for 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 coming here this was blood time uh, with Alan Kraus. we are blood thank you thanks Peter I want to leave you with this thought of the day. Do what you love with alacrity as the good servant.